All right, so we got this horrific story to tell you about so what happened in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, where this jackass, I, I don't like to even name the, the perpetrators, so this jackass comes into a synagogue called the Tree of Life Synagogue. It's a conservative synagogue uh, and kills 11 people and uh, maims many others, including some officers who are trying to uh, stop this monster. And um, it turns out that he is a very hostile advocate against Trump. Uh, makes it very clear that he did not vote for Trump. Um, and, and he also believes that Trump is somehow in the pocket of the Jewish lobby. Words to this effect, right? And it's, it's really quite, you know, the pablum involved is, is bizarre, uh, this this guy is obviously crazy. He's obviously hate-filled. He's obviously anti-Semitic, and he's obviously a monster. You know, he's an evil man, plain and simple. So, uh, this is important because, and this is a moment not just to talk about anti-Semitism, which has always been around. Uh, I, I will not say by any stretch that somehow anti-Semitism has grown as a result of Donald Trump being president. That is clearly a contemptuous libel upon the president, and it is a facile way of dealing politics, and it is evil in and of itself to suggest that, because it does not really deal with the true cause of anti-Semitism, for one thing. Uh, for another thing, um, they, th this is a purely political uh, move. And how they made this horrific event into a political game, uh, I was going to say is beyond me, but it's not beyond me. I understand exactly why they're doing it, because they're so desperate. And I'm talking about the Democrats. That's right. I'm talking about the left-wing party, a part of the Democratic Party, which has really taken over the Democratic Party. And this is a, this is a horrible event. It's a, it's a horrible reflection upon the Democrats and the liberals, and I think, I think, that most of the country sees it. Whenever there's a tragedy, uh, at least a tragedy that they can exploit, they will exploit it. And as Rahm Emanuel famously said, never let a crisis go to waste. I think that he, you know, equally applicable is the phrase, never let a tragedy go to waste. And here we have a tragedy of this monster who did what he did. And then they got to say, well, somehow, if it's not, uh, you know, he wasn't a Republican. He made that very clear that he hated Trump. So let's say that it's because Trump led, let the, uh, the world have a very hostile attitude toward uh, Jews and blacks and, mis and women, for that matter. And therefore, he's responsible for it, even though the guy clearly hated Trump. This is the way that they think. And I find that so contemptible, but it's emblematic of the Democratic Party these days. They are so desperate for any sort of ability to put the brakes on the Trump train, as it were, that they will even go so far, or I should say so low, as doing what they've done with the Pittsburgh attack. It, 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 it's too easy to respond um, among the other things is, you know, the Scalise shooting, right? There was this uh, monster in 2017 who decided to kill himself some uh, Republican congressman. And uh, he went about, and he, I think he actually did kill some people. 
uh, including a police officer. Uh, and, he, and he specifically wanted to make sure he was literally targeting Republicans. He wanted to make sure they were Republicans, found out that they were Republicans, and started shooting wildly. But uh, do the Democrats say, well, this is because of the, uh, the, the atmosphere of hate that we, the Democrats, have created and breeded uh, in this man? No, no, no. This is the actions of a lone gunman who just was crazy. Okay, this is the, that's the way they think. So it's, you know, heads I win, tails you lose sort of approach. They get to, uh, to minimize any attack that might make them look bad, but any opportunity to make the Republic, Republicans look bad, well, they'll grab onto it, and they, they see cause and effect right and left. And worse still, they take advantage of the violence, because the violence that happens always is against the people they don't like. Right. Always. Yeah, that's true. Rand Paul, same thing. Yeah, good, good example. So, so the next question becomes, I mean, there's two points, so uh, bear with me while I say it. First of all, anti-Semitism itself, what it means and, and what they, the, what, what, what's really going on here. And then the second thing is this notion of cause and effect. So I want to talk about that. So really quickly about anti-Semitism. Anti-Semitism has not changed. Okay, It's just uh, the, the, the major cause of anti-Semitism today 99, and I'll even go so far as to say 0 0.9, 99.9% .9 of it comes from the left, okay? It comes from two major sources. One is, of course, from radical Islam, who declared that all Jews must die. Hmm, I wonder who said that uh, during the Pittsburgh uh, massacre. Anyway, they, they believe that all Jews must, must die. You should, you should go find them and hunt them down and kill them. Behind every rock, behind every tree, and so forth. Wait a minute, that's in the Koran. Yes, wouldn't oh. you know that? Yeah, it's it's directly that in the Koran. Peaceful book. Yeah, yeah. So putting aside whether the Koran is itself anti-Semitic, I'm talking about you know it's it's clear that the however it's been interpreted, it's been interpreted in a very hostile anti-Semitic way, and they are acting upon it in a very hostile anti-Semitic way. Okay, so 99.9 percent .9 of of uh, this is coming from. Um, the the Islamic radicals on the one hand, and the other major portion. I know I don't know how to split it up, by the way, but I'll tell you that the other major portion is from the the godless, the atheists. Atheism throughout history has been far more vicious against Jews than any other source. Uh, I'm talking about Stalin. I'm talking about communism generally, and Hitler, of course. Uh, all of them atheists. We talked about this at length in, in our Atheism Kills podcasts. Uh, for which I wrote uh, a book, and it's it's a practically a treatise and a, and a very good one at that. Available on Amazon. <laughs> That's true, right. and wherever books are sold, <laughs> right? <Wherever laughs> which pretty much sold. means Amazon. Amazon. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. no, no, it now has to be from the only place books are sold. <laughs> exactly, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> and you know where to go. Yeah, and just so you know, everyone, buy it now before Amazon bans it, which they will do in five, five, four, four. three. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So. Anyway, so that's the, the so godlessness is really another major source of it. Yeah, and you're but, talking about our culture, education system, college campus, yeah. every place that non-religiosity, non-moral existence right. takes place. And and it's no surprise, by the way, that the atheists would be virulently anti-Semitic. Why? Because they don't believe in God, right? I mean, they're you know, especially the, the rabid atheist. 
the rabid atheist, I'm not talking about the agnostic. They're, they're, most people who calls, call themselves atheists are actually agnostic. They are willing to entertain the possibility. They don't think it's going to happen, by the way. But, you know, certainly if, if God somehow appeared and did a miracle right in front of me, well, I might change my mind. That, that's, that's their tone. And it's not a good tone, but nevertheless... That's You're talking about the people that's who hate God, who are actively campaigning, the, the right. anti-God right. people. They, they are certain that there is no God, and they are agitating to destroy any entity that does promote God. So Judaism, I mean, that's the ultimate target when you think about it, right? These are the, the very people who created not only Judaism, but because of, because of Judaism, created this thing called Christianity, which, of course, has flourished throughout the world, thank God, to 2.5 billion people. Um, and, uh, you know, they blame the Jews for that. They blame the Jews for the Ten Commandments. They, they, you know, who are they to say what's moral and what's not moral? I know what's moral is what the atheists will say. And so they, they really resent the Jews. Yeah, their whole point I think you're getting at is if the eradication of the Jews could happen on their watch, it would knock out the basis for Christianity and Judaism in one fell swoop. Right. And then well, Christianity the, the Ju- Judaism be, is Judaism is an easier target. Right. Well, it's smaller, but it also the Old Testament is the basis of the New Testament. Right. So if you eradicate the Old Testament, all the traditions thereof, it makes it easier in the long term to eradicate Christianity oh, yeah, as well. Yeah. Right. They have no problem with that. And they, you know, they, they think it's absurd that uh, a man would be the son of a god. And uh, so that's another reason why they reject Christianity. Look, so they, they just, they hate it. They hate Judaism. They hate Christianity. They, and this notion that of, of either of those two things, this, this is the reason why communism and fascism, fascism sought to destroy it. Because Judaism and Christianity were threats to the order that the Nazis, on the one hand, and the communists, on the other hand, sought to impose upon all their citizenry. This is, it was a true threat. It must be destroyed to get out of the way. And even the the American atheist, even the Western civilization atheist, who proclaims to despise communism, who proclaims to despise fascism, while advocating communism and fascism in the same breath, they will they will uh, rally against Judaism under their breath, or they will mutter under their breath about it because, you know, look, it's, it's like, it's like to you and me claiming somehow that, that some radical, bizarre cult, uh, not even Scientology, so like the Branch Davidians was somehow that there's something noble within the Branch Davidians. We, we don't believe in anything that they, they have to say, right, these crazy people. And therefore, uh, you know, why would we hold them up in high regard in any way whatsoever, right? So that's the way the atheist looks at Jews, Judaism, and Christianity, for that matter. They, they see it as all contemptible. They believe that these, this is one of the core undergirding uh, philosophies of atheism is that these religions, these backward religions of Judaism and Christianity have been holding society back. Why would you be celebrating Judaism and Christianity? Why would you on the one hand say, you know, uh, you know, I'm an atheist, but I really respect those Jews. What You understand that that's completely antithetical to what you believe. It's like, it's like you and I saying, uh, we love capitalism, but communism is awesome, right? Yeah, or we love freedom, but let's wear shackles. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's, you, you can't have it both ways. So there's this cognitive dissonance, this internal you know, ramming of inconsistencies within the brain of an atheist. Uh, so they hold Judaism in contempt. And it's, 
for the atheist, it's both anti-Semitism and anti-Christianism, if there's such a word. They, they just, they're anti-God, and uh, the Jews are such a classic example of the, the God people, right? They're the, they're the very source of this notion of the monotheistic faith. So they hold them with, in contempt. And so no surprise, the communism uh, sought to destroy Judaism. Fascism sought to destroy uh, Judaism. They wanted to destroy all things associated with the Ten Commandments. Yeah, it's the same way Obama used to say over and over regarding any of the things we hold dear, whether it's capitalism, freedom, whatever. Those are just the tired old ideas of the past. Right, the exactly. Republicans just can't pa- get past their old rhetoric. Right. We'll try these oh, yeah, brand yeah. new ideas. Good point. Yeah, socialism, right. Nazism. Yeah, it's, it's time for bold new experimentation. Yeah, that yeah. have never been tried before. From, right? from Franklin yeah. Delano Roosevelt. Right? That's <laughs> yeah. exactly what he said. Bold new experimentation. <laughs> right. God, what a schmuck. <laughs> Thank just, you. I can't, can't believe that these people actually bought this crap. Uh, I love how over the years, just a small note, because I know the listeners would love it. You, you, when we started this, you'd be like, well, you know, he's kind of misguided. You know, he just said, uh, to now you're just, God, what a schmuck. I love your, <laughs> well, he was, your he transformation was. from caterpillar to butterfly. It's so, so wonderful. <laughs> okay. uh, I'm glad my... My descent into name calling has pleased you. Yes. Oh man, no, it's See, not, that's what the radio audience wants. <laughs> but I'll tell you, no, look, a schmuck is a schmuck, right? There is there is a time where you can call somebody a schmuck, right? Chuck Schumer, Nancy Pelosi, yes. Kamala Harris, yes. Diane Feinstein, I, schmucks. They, they are. They, they really are. Uh, we can call a madman a madman, right? I mean, like right. this guy in Pittsburgh, he's a madman, and 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 he's a crazy monster. That, that, you know, oh, don't call him names. What, what else am I supposed to call him? Of course, yeah. he's a, he's. What am I supposed to say? Well, he's a lovely human being, except for what he did the other day. Yes, that's right. right. Yeah. <laughs> other than that, he was great. Yeah. Anyway, so look, it's, it's it's really not a laughing matter. At the end of the day, this is anti-Semitism, uh, and, and I wanted to bring him a little bit back to where we were talking about anti-Semitism is almost exclusively the domain of the godless and the radical Islamists, uh, 99.9%. Uh, will you find a couple of skinheads in America? Sure. Maybe, you know, I think there's up to 10 of them now, you know, so wow. <laughs> and if they, if it went from nine to 10, you know, they would say, what, that's more than a 10% increase <laughs> in, in, in anti-Semitism uh, from, from the right, the so-called alt-right. Right. Oh, I just see it's a breaking headline. This is really important news. Yes. And, and I think we'll both agree with this, too, because this is not a surprise, but media will spin it. Breaking news. Horror. There are more anti-Semite skinheads than there are transgender people. Wow. <laughs> right? <laughs> no, I don't think so. I don't think I don't think there was more anti-Semites than the than yeah, transgender they, people. Yeah, they're making more transgenders as we speak. So, oh, I see. Yes, right. Remember how it's one in thirty-five thousand? I know, but right. I think it's the reverse. I mean, I think it's that the tra- there's more transgenders. So that's what you wanted to say. There are more transgenders than there are anti-Semitic. Well, people. I'm saying it's media headline. Oh, know, I see. Media fake news. You know, they're, oh, okay. they're, there's the, in their bid to make us all hysterical about this crisis of white. Anti-Semitic skinheads. Oh, I don't know. All you're doing is making me dizzy. Okay. So, okay, let's move on. <laughs> Truly, yours is a dizzying intellect. Yes. Sorry. <laughs> All right, we're, we're moving on. Uh, so, we're talking about anti-Semitism. So, the, there's there's the source of anti-Semitism. Uh, now, the cause for it, you know, among the 0.1 percent that we just talked about, that is. Uh, simply a cause of they, they hate the idea that anyone should be setting standards. Uh, Judaism, if anything, can be described as the demand 
of a moral code, right? Which is the standards. You, you shall not commit adultery. You shall not kill. You shall not steal. These are like, who the F are you to tell me that I can't murder, that I can't, murder, that I can't sleep yes. with uh, somebody else, <laughs> that I can't have incest and, and, you know, do incest and all that stuff. Uh, I'll do whatever I damn well please, thank you. And uh, I'm my own moral code in a box, as it were. Uh, so back off, son of a gun, right? Just get out, get off my back. That's what anti-Semitism is, okay? It is the, the resentment of somebody telling you what is right and what is wrong. Uh, or even more specifically, telling you no. Right. That you shall not. Right. And the funny thing is, the fun, yeah, shall, shall not. The funny thing is, they're really just literally killing the messenger. They're not killing the message, right? They, want, they think by killing the messenger that they're going to kill the message too. But the Jews are the messengers, Right? We are the chosen people, not because God perceives us to be better people, that he loves us more or anything else. No, he's chosen us to send out the message of the Ten Commandments and the Torah. That's what it is. The goodness of, of God and, for that matter, uh, the moral code that we, we must abide by. That's, but, but, so Hitler and the communists and all those bad, bad boys, they, they figured, well, we'll destroy the messenger and thereby destroy the message. Well, they couldn't. They didn't succeed in that. Thank God, uh, they did cause a lot of damage in the process. And they and the skinheads, to the extent that they're even out there, all ten of them. Oh, that's what they resent too. But this guy, you know, he he falls under that category. He's probably one of those jackasses, right? And so that's what the anti-Semitism is all about. Yeah, they, what you're saying, and I think it's so powerful, is when these people act the way they do, they prove the point of the message. Yeah. And that's what they can't stand. Every time Antifa beats someone with a bike lock or riots in the streets or attacks some innocent person in the car, they only amplify and verify the, the validity of the message. Right. Yeah, that's true. All right, so now we turn to the next issue, which is the cause and effect issue, which is, this is pretty easy. So people, you know, pundits out there are usually the, uh, on the left that will say, well, the reason why this happened is because, um, you know, people are frustrated with Trump's uh, dealing with the migrants, for example. Uh, they're frustrated with uh, Trump's message of hate. Um, they believe that, that, you know, that, you know, he was guided by social media and it, it propelled him to do these horrific things or it enabled him to think that it was okay to do this. Right. Like, he tweeted, right? Yeah, he tweeted this or tweeted. <laughs> yeah. Like, uh, I forget, there were so many other supposed causes for these things. And, um, and Trump's message, that's the reason why he, he did this. Like, really? How the F do you know that? Right? Have you talked to him? Did he say specifically this is the reason why he's doing it, even though he himself specifically said how much he hated Trump, and yet he's supposed to be taking orders from Trump at the same time? Really? Riddle me that one, Batman. I don't get that. So, so that causation doesn't fly with me at all. But, but the suggestion that there's any causation that they can tag to, to some of Trump's policies, whether it's the migration policy or uh, the, the wall or, uh, you know, reducing regulations and, and de decreasing taxes or whatever, the, the or Obamacare for that matter. The one they cited was the, the embassy move. Oh, yes, that's right. Right? Yeah, the, 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 the favoritism toward Israel. <laughs> yeah. You know, I, I mean, really? You know, you just, you just throw these things out. Yeah. And, uh, and, and, then, and that's the cause. Like, and, and people, I mean, I went to a, a rally, a, a candlelight vigil. I thought, okay, I'll be with my people. There was a, <clears throat> there was a candlelight vigil uh, in the federal building in, here in Los Angeles in Westwood. 
And uh, I was somewhat expecting this. I was, you know, grimacing for the possibility that they would try to politicize this. No. Yeah. Here, I know, really? I know you wouldn't oh. know it, but that, that they did it. You should yep. never expect I, that. I, I, I guess I was a little too <laughs> cynical. <laughs> uh, so anyway, so I go there, and sure enough, they, you know, they talk about all this crap. And... You know, I think they were going to, you know, going to hear things about let's let's you know love love the memory of these people, you know let's uh, send our prayers to the to the families of these victims, um, let's understand that you know anti-Semitism still exists and we still have to fight it. We have to be aware of it, um, but it is the work of one madman. Uh, thank God we live in this country as opposed to many others. And we need to fight anti-Semitism throughout the world where it really does exist in, in massive amounts of uh, proportions. Yeah, and thank you to Donald Trump for bringing us all together and standing with the Jewish exactly. people. No, no. About yeah, that? So, so, yeah. But, but they brought out everything they could. Resist. And like, like uh, and they were saying, and it's these past two years, we have seen the increase. Like one woman said, you know, said three years, and you can see somebody whispering to her, uh, two years. <laughs> and he goes, two years, these past two years. Uh, were really quite horrific for Jews and uh, blacks and everything else. You know, never mind that the black approval rate has gone up eightfold for Trump. But that's okay. Cool. No problem. They somehow are living horrific lives. But that's. But I digress. All right. So, look, it is amazing to me that anti-Semitism is so rare in this country that when it does happen, we know the name of the guy who did it. And that we know every victim who did it. Okay, we do not see the uh, the, the the wild amount of anti-Semitism as you see in France, for example, where Jews are just being run out of their own country like that. You don't see people running out of America because they're afraid to be Jewish in America. It hap- it happens so seldom that when it does happen, it becomes major news. It's it's just like, in fact, it's even. More to the point of what we had before, when when uh, when this you know all those rash the supposed rash of white cops beating up or killing black uh, unarmed citizens you know honor students of course murdering without murdering right, that's right yes. yeah that's right murdering Trayvon uh, you know, Big Baby well, Brown right well we have we, we know all their names yeah. you know there's only five of them literally you can count them on your hand right you can't remember anything else and yet somehow that that that. You know, the fact that we could just we could literally name them all was meaningful. It was telling, wasn't it? You know, if, if it was truly a major problem, then there would be so many of these victims wrongly accused, wrongly uh, assaulted, wrongly killed uh, that that you wouldn't be able to name them all. It would that, that's how bad it would be. But, but it's such a non-problem that that you actually know the names of these people. You can literally count them on one hand. That does not a problem make, right? It's not a national crisis, but they tried to make it a national crisis. And P.S., not one of those cases were cases where the cop did anything inappropriate. They were all found to be innocent. There was one guy in North Carolina, one police officer, who did shoot a, a black man who was running away in the back and killed him, and he was rightly convicted very quickly for murder. Uh, of that of that man. Now, whether or not that was racist uh, racist motive, that's a different story. They don't know that, and he didn't say that he was doing. He was just either panicked or whatever. This cop, he did the wrong thing. Don't get me wrong, but it could have just as easily been a white man or a Hispanic man or an Eskimo, whatever. But because he was a black man, it, it fell into that category. 
But this is even more so, more of an, uh, even less of an issue in America. Yeah, more of an anomaly. More of an, yeah, thank yeah. you. Uh, you know, this was a horrific attack. Don't, don't get me started. And I speak as a Jew here, but I also have very good perspective about this. This does not mean that we have a wild, big anti-Semitic problem here in America. There are, Jews are not, uh, you know, looking over their shoulder every day. Will I be attacked because I'm Jewish? Um, the, the, the place where you really should be afraid is uh, two places. One, a, a continent called Europe, okay, if you're Jewish, and uh, anywhere on campus in America. College campus. College campuses. Yeah. And they, uh, you, you might want to look over your shoulder there. They, they, you cannot exercise your rights as a Jew uh, to be proud of Israel, to talk openly about Israel. Uh, there is a lot of anti-Semitism on campus. Yeah, unless, it's, it's a horrible thing going right. on. Unless you're wearing a BDS shirt or an I Stand with Palestine pin, right. take your kippah off if you go to UCLA. Yes, that's right. That's what we're saying yeah. here. Yeah, and that, that's the real anti-Semitism. Where they, so, we're the and, epidemic and, level. And that, and that happens on a daily level, on an epidemic level, like yeah. you just said, where it's happening so often that you don't have the names of all these people. That's right. Right? That's the fascinating part of it. So, yeah. And that's the genius, the evil genius of media influence here. Yeah. Because the media only covers man bites dog kind of stories, but they cover them in a way that gives you the perception that it must be normal. Right. right. That's, because, happening. That's pervasive. Because of the wall-to-wall, yeah. drive-by media kind of coverage, right? right? Meanwhile, the real epidemic is not covered at all for two reasons. First of all, because it's an epidemic, so it's a dog bites man story, right. not worthy of coverage, and it's an inconvenient truth that doesn't fit the narratives they want you to think. There you go. So there you go. Exactly those, right. those two dynamics are at play, leaving you with the impression if yeah. you watch you know, bad media and read bad newspapers, by that I mean biased to the wrongest side, right. that the kind of shooting by the supposed Trump nationalist happens every day Meanwhile, the college campus is totally safe to send your Jewish kids to. It's fascinating how we, when we learned about this story, and uh, Ari, you and I were uh, studying about this, and you know, both parties, I think, uh, were looking to find out who the killer is. Was it a radical Islamist, for example? That wouldn't have been surprising. Uh, I thought right away that it was not a radical Islamist because he didn't say Allah Akbar or God is great or Allah is great. He instead said all Jews must die, which is not what a radical Islamist would say. Um, so I figured there was something else going on here. And then once uh, we learned about that, then we wondered, okay, well, is this guy a white nationalist, as it were, or was this a pro-Trump guy? Was he going to be a Republican? And and and, and it's. It was absurd that we had to go through that exercise. Well, I never... That didn't even occur to me. No, no. It I mean, occurred to everyone. And, and and liberals out there, lefties in particular, they wanted to go... Uh, they, they couldn't wait to, to find... To chomp at the bit to see that this guy was some some sort of pro-Trump supporter, that he would have stickers on his van, so to speak. Yeah, brand like, new stickers, unfaded by the sun yes, on yes. his van, too. But, yes, But... 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 Uh, the stickers on the van, you know, front lawn signs or whatever it might be, you know, to show and 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 posts showing how great Trump is and he's going to fi- finally get rid of those Jews or whatever, like you know, some yeah. some sort of post like that on a Facebook or otherwise. But no, 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 no. It turned out that he hated Trump, and he made it so clear. <clears throat> and not only that, but he he proclaimed that Trump was in the pockets of the the Jew the Jewish lobby. Words to this effect, and. Um, 
and that he was going to have to, and he hated Trump so badly. So, <clears throat> but no, they're undaunted, the left, because even though he said all those things, he was still influenced by Trump somehow. Yeah. This, this monster who was trying to, to, to say how much he hated Trump, nevertheless, Trump influenced him to do the things that he did. Weird, right? And, and the left right away jumped on this. I thought they would have to throw up their hands and say, you know, do, do the usual thing, which is like what they did with Scalise, the Scalise shooting, rather. Just say, cover it for five minutes and then leave and right. memory hole it, pretend it never happened. Right. right. That's one thing. Oh, and to the extent that they do talk about it for the five minutes, then they would say, well, that's the work of one madman. You can't paint that upon the entire Democrat Party, which they would be right about, right? Yeah. But, but this, and, and I thought, okay, that's what they're going to do here. Once we learned that he was a, an anti-Trump guy. No, no, no. They still did it. I mean, it was a beautiful, le gel de main, with a sleight of hand, to suddenly, uh, say, you know, twist it. Like, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It's like I, everything was upside down. You know, but why were you surprised? I mean, they, they, they had no choice. So now, now the question becomes, uh, why is this happening? Why... Are the Democrats so galvanized to fight vis-a-vis Kavanaugh, the, the craziness of Kavanaugh, far worse than Neil Gorsuch. They were, Gorsuch had a tough time too, you'll, you'll remember. But Kavanaugh, whoo, <laughs> that, that was the, the straw that broke the camel's back. Well, that would, right. hold on, hold on. The, the straw that would break the camel's back. And then you also have um, what happened with this pipe bomb monster. Uh, this idiot. Yeah, and this, well, this bizarre story. The bizarre him. story, yeah. yeah. And then, of course, this uh, Pittsburgh situation, and then the caravan, and otherwise. And all these things are coming to the fore right now. And the, the obvious reason why they are trying to make it a stink as much as possible, wait for it, because they ain't got anything else. And there's an election next week? Hold on. They ain't got anything else. Yeah. And there is an election next week. And they are terrified. The numbers are coming out of the polling, the accurate numbers, not the BS numbers that you get from Nate Silver and uh, from many other you know, pro-liberal media websites that try to suggest that there's a blue wave coming, no less. Really? For, uh, on what basis would there be a, a blue wave? Why would they be excited about, uh, about uh, the, the, the Democratic Party? Yeah, what policy initiative is sweeping the country with enthusiasm to create mile-long lines and rallies run by yes. Democrats about this brand new thing that is revolutionary Democrat Party politics that we all just want? Right. Where is this? Right. The far left, of course, doesn't like his policies because they, they're not socialist. They, they, they don't tax you up the wazoo. Uh, and they 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 and they celebrate they celebrate America yeah. in every way. So they said, "Well, this is so contemptible. He's <laughs> never mind that it works." So they will they they assume that everyone else feels the same way, and therefore, because I, you know, Joe Lefty, hate it so much, I therefore assume that everyone else feels the same way that I do, and we must destroy it. And and that's the way they think. So and therefore. In their mind, there's a blue wave because, by golly, in their mind, they really feel strongly against Trump, you know, so everyone must. I mean, they are so narcissist. They are so arrogant in their way uh, and and so unable to to think objectively that they think everyone feels the same way they do. It's like, I don't know, it's, it's, you know, to to use a very uh, pithy example, uh, you know, I like a certain kind of song, a certain kind of rock band, let's say. 
I therefore assume everyone likes this rock band. Yeah, called Wilco. Bumper yeah, Wil- music yeah. for this podcast. You will like it too. If you don't like it, must be something wrong with you. Yeah, it must be. Right? You must be crazy to not like the music that I yeah. like. And why don't you, why don't you see the world the way I do? Right. Right. And you know what? Some people don't like it. And guess what? I, you know, some rap stars are out there. I have no clue why people like it. I don't like rap music generally. There's a couple of good songs, but as a, as a general principle, if you tell me this is a rap music station on the radio or or satellite radio, I'm not going to listen to it. I'm not interested in it. Okay, but they but the equivalent is or, or movie you can say or art or whatever it is. But these guys. They think that because they dislike Trump, that everyone dislikes Trump. That's how childish they are. Yeah, and furthermore, they consider the people who don't share their exact tastes yeah. to be morally defective. Yeah. I, I'm going to modify for you what you just said, right? You do understand why some people like rap music. Right. And the reason you understand why is a very simple point. Because you understand, because you're not an idiot, that some people like music that you don't. Yeah. Right? There you go. That means you understand that some people like rap music. You you might not get it, you know, why right. they like it when there's better alternatives like Wilco, but you understand it, right? right? That not everyone shares. Only you agree entirely with you. Right? <laughs> there you go. But you don't consider them default, morally objective or morally um, uh, defectives because they don't share your taste in music. Right. You just know they don't share your taste in music. Well, they consider us morally defectives for not sharing their taste in right. Kamala Harris. Right. Yeah, that's right. true. And it's, so it's worse than just the childish interpretation, which is, you know, my, my child, my, all my children, you know, they, they like to play with toys, right? So, but I don't like to play with toys. I mean, they can play with Legos. I, I buy them Legos and such like that, but that's not for me. I'm an adult at this point. I'm, maybe I used to like uh, Legos, but I never liked dolls. For example, I'm a boy. Right, but my my daughter, especially when she was younger, and if she played with dolls or other feminine type things, she would be perplexed, you know, just bizarrely confused as to why I didn't love, you know, uh, playing tea with the dolls that she had. Yeah, and of course she's perplexed why her brother so. How could you not? How can you? This is just yeah. awesome. So right. so. Uh, you know, but that's that's just a childish way of looking at things. And likewise with my boys, with you know that they'll watch a TV, you know, some sort of Star Wars, you know, children's version of it. And why don't I love it? Why don't I can't I can't wait to go watch it? And you know, why don't I watch this all day long? I, I, as far as they're concerned, right. so it's kind of a funny thing. But but to your point, uh, they take it one step further. These lefties, not only are they confused why you don't feel the same way, yeah. but you are morally repugnant for not thinking the same way. At least my children. You know, they can just be confused, like, Daddy doesn't like Legos, whatever. Daddy doesn't like to play with dolls and, and tea and with these dolls, whatever, you know. Right. He, he likes to watch uh, movies about uh, romance and, and, and uh, you know, Terminator-type movies and things like that, whatever. You know, I don't understand it. Um, or, or sophisticated stories like The Brothers Karamazov, whatever, you know. But, but they, they don't hold me in contempt for it. Right. And they don't, because of the they don't hold you in contempt, they don't then impeach every other area of life that you might have opinion and decide not to listen or acknowledge that you might be right in any of those areas because of this one thing, playing with dolls, watching movies they don't yep, understand. Yep, yep. Understand the, the, the wrongness these days, because we like Kavanaugh and they think that's a morally repugnant position, use it to then say, well... 
there must be something morally repugnant about low taxes, morally repugnant about cutting regulations, morally repugnant about constitutional freedoms, right? right. On and on and on. Yeah, you got it. So they they do feel that way, and uh, it's all the association game and such. But getting back to the main point, which is they the, the everything goes to 11 right now no matter what it is whatever the issue is uh they will find a way to say well that's trump's fault right this is the the culture of violence and hatred that trump has stirred up right so it doesn't matter what it is there could be a mugging on the street uh and that's trump's fault there could be uh i don't know the bad weather and that's trump's fault you know, we, we used to joke around about this with Bush, right? Everything is Bush's fault. Yeah, baby right? gets colic. Bush's fault. Right. Trump's fault. Yeah, now it's Trump's fault. Republicans' fault. fault. So, John Boehner's fault. Yeah. yeah. So uh, this is, you know, it's 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 easy for them to do that, but it's exciting for them because it's the only thing they can glom onto because they cannot answer the basic, the real retort, the d- real debate, which is what works. In terms of the economy, oh, it looks like everything Trump is, is doing is propelling the economy in a wonderful way, um, that the Obamacare was indeed a, a destructive force, and we're getting rid of it, and thank God, right? And that racism is actually really down, uh, that we have um, a fantastic approval rating by the black community. It is up uh, from 5%, uh, and that was generous, by the way. Back in the old days. Yeah, with for, margin of error fluctuations. Right. <laughs> right. For any Republican president, for the generic Republican president, uh, 5%. That was it. Of support by blacks. Support, yeah. Yes. And that, that would be like the Bush, the, the you know, George Bush, the, the junior. He got 5%, and that was considered a good day. Right. right? What is it today? <laughs> the best of times. Right. <laughs> they had a little you know, champagne. Um, what is it now for Trump? Wait for it. Is it, is it 7%? Which is which would be great, fantastic. That yeah. would be what a, a huge, like a like a thirty percent gain. That's not bad. Yeah, go through a bunch of numbers. Yeah, it's a, have, and I'll just tell you my excitement. Is, is it ten percent? Oh, that would be great. That's a hundred percent. Amazing. That'd be a hundred percent. That would change the the entire country. Right. If it was just ten percent. I know. I know. I know. Maybe I'm going way beyond what it actually is. Twenty um, percent. That would be that would be completely out of reality. That's that would be right. that's a that fantasy. Would be I know a Republican's. I don't want to use the word wet dream because that's perverse. But that would be a but Republican he says it anyway. version of heaven on earth. That's France without the French kind of heaven on earth, right? <laughs> now you're being absurd. <laughs> I know that's that's California without the Democrats kind of heaven on earth. Uh, that's, right? Right. that's 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 more like it. That's legalized <laughs> foie gras, straws, and paper bags back in California kind of heaven. So twenty percent. That would be. I mean, I know that's sounds ridiculous yeah. and it would be ridiculous right, right. let me let me go even further uh, in the in the in the world of ridiculousness okay 30 percent that would be legalized concealed and open carry in california kind of heaven on earth. right right that would be zero crime heaven on in earth. fact for me to say that even to suggest it that would be think, ridiculous that would be worse if i if i were to tell you back in let's say the year 2012 that a Republican president would have a 30% approval rate among blacks, you'd say, what drug are you on? And right? can I have Can I have of some it? of that? Not some, right. a right. lot, because that's and, a good drug. Right, and, and, and the Messiah has come. <laughs> right. Uh, unicorns are the uh, the optimal way to travel from here to there. Right. right? Uh, and that it's, it, 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 it's sunny everywhere at perfectly 72 degrees everywhere. Things are good. Except right? raining when you want it. When you want it. Garden. It's only at nighttime yeah. between 1 p.m., 1 a.m. and 4 p.m. when you want to garden it. Everything is great. Okay. 
Yeah. And there are no potholes in the streets either. No. <laughs> okay. Yeah, and they took out the uh, the uh, little subway thing there, and no traffic jams because of it. And, right. And they got rid of all the bikers and bike lanes, bicycles. Right. And bike bicycles only on dirt paths in the mountains and on the bike path in Santa Monica. He says that because he knows that I, I'm a mountain biker. That he likes. Right. To- so I tempered that <laughs> to, to allow okay. that. All right, right. So let's go further. Okay. Thirty-five percent. Cake is no longer fattening, and meat <laughs> is good for you. Okay, you and I enjoyed a ribeye steak, and you have no gaseous uh, emissions. Yeah. It turns right. out that all the things that we thought were bad for us are good for us, including cigarettes and cigars and so right. forth, like in the movie Sleeper. Yes. So, uh, yes. right, right. Okay. So, so that I know we're talking about the thirty-five percent approval rate among blacks of yeah, the, a, Republican. a Republican president. Yeah. All right. So, do you want to know the answer? Uh, well, I want the, you to say 37% so I can say <laughs> cigarettes good for children. <laughs> oh, I see. Right? All right. I want one more step. So 37.5%. Cigarettes are now good for children. <laughs> okay. It's that healthy. Well, all right. <laughs> and not that we would want it, of course, but I'm simply saying that, like, everything is so kumbaya. There's zero crime in the, in the country. Uh, and Do you know and not, how? Wait, wait, and not only that, but there are... Every country is a democracy. Every every country is a Jeffersonian democracy, yeah. no less. Only criminals are in prison. Right. Uh, free people are free. Uh, free speech. Uh, Muslims and Jews getting along worldwide. Right. Uh, everyone's Christian, except Shinto Buddhists who have rejected their anti-Semitism. <laughs> Everyone is living in absolute peace and harmony. Right. North Korea and, and Iran are now manufacturing the best luxury cars on the planet. Okay. That's so, the kind of heaven. So... What number within that, between the 5% and the, the 37.5%, uh, do you think is the actual approval number good for today as we speak? I'd say reasonable people would say with the good economy, eh, it's probably 6%. 6 or 7%. Yeah, that's what that, most that, people would great. expect, yeah. especially if you watch right. CNN. Okay, so, right. so I, it was a trick question, Ari. It's not between 5 and 37.5%. The number, the percentage is actually 40%. No okay. way. Yep, way, way. Yeah, I, way. I, I went there. Way. Wayne and Garth Way. So forty percent, and then there's you can you can check it online and everything. Good for today. We're talking uh, late October, October thirty first, twenty eighteen. The black approval rate of this president, Donald J. Trump Jr., is forty friggin' percent. Okay, okay, so for Halloween, that's a trick and a treat. Right, exactly right. right. It's, it's awesome. So this is devastating. Dogs and cats living together from Ghostbusters, okay. right? So this is a, a, an incredible situation. This is the, a, an incredible nightmare for the Democrats because blacks are suddenly getting it uh, in terms of that they realize that they've taken the, what is it, red pill black? Yeah, red pill. Red pill. Uh, well, they've been red pilled from yeah, Candace Owens calls herself a red pill black, yeah. right? So meaning that she's a black person who's been red pilled. Yes, uh, that she's now has been able to see the reality on the ground that in fact the Democrats have been holding them down. The Republicans are the ones that that actually open up all these opportunities for them. And surprise, surprise, I think tons of people are seeing that. And once you go uh, a Republican as a black person, you don't come back. There's like a saying that sort of rhymes about that derivative, you know. Yeah, I know. I know. I know. It's 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 not it's not a good way. It's not appropriate right here. No, it isn't. But it's uh, no. Once once you go red, once you go red, you don't go back. Right. How about that? Yeah. And that's what it is. You, you, it's it's very. We talked about this before. Very few uh, liberals slash lefties slash whatever progressives uh, who you know suddenly realize you know 
I think I'm conservative now, and I realize that I've been kind of fooled all along and that, that high taxes don't work, high regulations don't work, and all this that's foreign policy doesn't work. And then they become conservative. I don't know of a single person who has gone back. Once they go conservative, they do not come back. And the older you get, the more wise you get, the more consequences you begin to understand what's what. So you don't go back. By contrast, if you you know flirt with liberalism or leftism or wrongism, as you like to call it, then you do often go back. And I was such a person. I, I flirted with uh, liberalism, what I thought was the way to go under Bill Clinton for about four or six years. And um, I said, I was right the first time. I'm, I'm going back. Yeah, you essentially quit doing drugs, quit drinking, yeah, I did. quit smoking, quit that, meat. Right, I mean, that, that's <laughs> figuratively. I never right. did do drugs. No, I'm meaning, I'm meaning as a, a, a analogizing that that kind of unhealthy philosophical yeah. Uh, point of view that you held was as unhealthy and addictive. Right. And well, using using the cigarette it. model that you just kind of referenced uh, briefly, it's a, imagine that you've been smoking cigarettes to discover that how unhealthy it is, and we all agree that smoking cigarettes certainly on a regular basis is very unhealthy for you. And you you even had a lung cancer scare, but thank God, whew, you're all good. You're good to go. Uh, and then ten years pass, and you say, you know what? I'm going to go back to smoking cigarettes, right? After you've getting, gotten rid of the entire addiction and such. You would say, that's absurd, okay? That, but that's the way it is. Once you go conservative, it's, that's a, almost a perfect analogy. Once you leave leftism and see it for what it is by going conservative, because that's part of the, conservatives, the, the conservative um, uh, path is that you ultimately not only appreciate the beauty of limited government and the beauty of God and, and otherwise, but you also see leftism for what it is, that it is a destructive force designed solely for power. And so why would you ever go back to that? Just like why would you ever go back to cigarettes, right? So uh, that, that is their, their problem. This is a fascinating area. But they, the, the, the left, the Democrats, are now, now they're one and the same, as we talked about before. Yeah, that's why I just like calling them Democrats because, or, or wrongism is the overall I know, but philosophy. We, but the reason yeah. I don't like the word left is because it, you know, it could be a left-handed. I know, but we're not going to coin that phrase. When you say Democrats, let's, let's, suddenly you know the party that's embodying. I'm waving my this. hand. Let's move on hey, about this. Everyone knows. <laughs> everyone knows. So the Democrats are just in, in a desperation mode. They know that their model has not worked. They, what they would have liked, of course, and what they believed would happen and what they threatened would happen, the Paul Krugmans out there, right, that the stock market would completely tank, that uh, we would have World War III of some kind out yeah, there. Bread lines. Bread lines, uh, yeah. That's uh, right. Exploding homelessness in conservative philosophical areas. Not yeah. Los Angeles, New York, right. Chicago, or San Francisco. Yeah, wi you, wild right. racism, wild yeah. anti-Semitism. Yeah, lynching. Right, exactly yeah. right. It's all sorts of horrific things. And, of course, the economy in total spiral, downward spiral, one way or the other. And Donald Trump saying, whoa, I don't know what I'm doing. And, uh, you know... Uh, you know, Obama, please rescue me. You know, what right. would you do? And, and they would call him back somehow, and he would just beg for forgiveness. That's what they expected. That, that's the funny thing, is that they really thought that this would happen. And they expected some sort of collusion evidence, right, which, of course, never materialized. So, and, and then, but instead, what, what do they get? They get the exact opposite. They get not only a fantastic economy, 
not only a fantastic foreign policy, but it's so in your face about what Obama had professed to deliver that somehow what he was doing was a great thing when, in fact, Trump was showing not only that the Republicans were doing just fine, thank you very much, but that the Democrats and all their policies were so ineffective that they had been lied to, that they had been lying to you as, as, a, as the classic American citizen. And specifically as a black person. Yes. And it was, it's terrifying to them. So, and they're losing so many people from the Democratic ranks. And we, 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 we explained this in a previous podcast, how every single kind of voter, and we used Hillary as the baseline because she was the last one to run for president on the Democrat side. So she, um, you've got those who tilted you know, and voted for her, uh, those who were independents, maybe voted for her, maybe voted for Trump at the last second. And then, of course, you've got the, the, the pro-Trump people who were maybe cautious about him, but, but still voted for him, like me, right? Every one of those categories, every single one of them, are going to vote the pro-Trump agenda now, wherever they can. Uh, even though Trump is not on the ballot, of course, they will vote Republican because, by golly, they say, crap, this is awesome. I like what I'm seeing here, particularly the black vote. And don't even think that it's just the black vote. It's not as if blacks are, are, are some, in some sort of world or universe onto themselves. No, they're just moving the same direction everyone else is. That's it. That's it. But so it's, just, it's, but a, it's a notable group of people that is so wildly different than what it was in terms of its Republican approval. Right, because they had voted with such uni- uniformity for that other side right. that as they exit, the number is so much more proportionally higher than other groups yeah. because the uniformity of voting, other than Jew, with Jewish voters in West L.A., no, no, that, is that, that high. But they're going to vote. Well, they're moving, the Jews, too. Yeah, the yeah. Jews are moving, too. And, and then, of course, then you have groups that are not necessarily, I mean, people that are not necessarily um, belonging to one group or another. They could be a white male, it could be a white female, whatever. But that's, that's moving, too. Every group is moving. It's just that the black uh, voting block is just... Very noticeable. It's extremely noticeable. And the Democrats cannot survive without at least, what is it, 90 or 95 percent of uh, of the vote. If that number of approval that we we talked about in our, uh, I think, fabulous humor segment only ended at 10 percent, we would have had the same amount of elation. And it would assure the same red wave. Right, coming in a week. Right, but at forty percent, this is unspeakably good. Right, I, uh, unimaginably good. Right, it is unspeakable. And and to say, if if I were to tell you in just two years ago, uh, and I wouldn't have guessed this by the way, so I want to make this very clear. If I would have said, Ari, you know what? I predict that the black not not only will the Trump agenda be popular. But it will be so popular that the black approval rate will go from 5% for the generic Republican president to 20%. You would say I'm high as a no, kite. No. You would say, you're, on, you're on crack again. Right. And then to say you know, 40% as it actually is, you would, you would say there's no way that that's going to happen. Look, God willing, Barack, you know, that would be so that awesome. That would be wonderful, but we have a nice room at Bellevue right. for you with a nice <laughs> straitjacket. No, no, what you would say. You're, you're crazy. That'll never happen. The day, you know? What you would say, and you would be correct in this, is to say, look, we'll get to 40% eventually when blacks eventually turn on the Democrats and realize that they've been enslaved by the Democrats over these past many decades. Uh, and to to realize that they're not really free with the Democrats. The Democrats want 
they, they want them in their place, quote unquote, um, in a place where they vote constantly for them and that's all they want. They've done nothing for blacks. They, they, they've only demanded their votes. That's it. And by keeping them down and yet lying to them over and over again that they're, they're the savior of the black people, it's so insulting and so wrong. But you would say to me, listen, we'll get there to 40%, but it'll be incremental. It'll be, you know, every five years, we'll, we'll enjoy another 3% increase yeah. in the black approval rate of the generic yeah, Republican president. Yeah, would be president. an amazing It would be great. But, be great. but be from thrilled. 5 to 40 in two a years, thirty-five percent swing, thirty-eight percent when you work in the three percent swing on margin of errors. I mean, holy uh, excrement! Yeah, that's right. Amazing. It's 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 a beautiful thing to see. And look, what I love about it is there's transparency. At the end of the day, there's transparency. I, I'm not one to decry about social media. I think social media is great in the sense that you know the average person gets to say whatever he wants to say. He could be wrong about it. He could be right about it. You know, uh, within, within the confines of hate speech and regulations, so not show bias towards any member of a uh, diversity is our strength. Look, uh, that was a disclaimer. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Uh, I, it's very funny what you say, but but the reality is people will will make argue you know fantastic points, uh, even though they're not perfect, even though they, they they use bad grammar. Maybe they're not as polished as Brian Williams was, but you know what? Thank God they're not Brian Williams. You know, Brian Williams is is a despicable man. Um, so was Dan Rather. So was uh, Tom Brokaw. A lot, a lot of these people. Charlie Rose, Don Lemon, Anderson Cooper. Yeah, you yeah. got it. So <laughs> these are these are people. Some of jerks. whom did did really bad things, and they lie to you through their teeth, and yet they profess to you that they're the ones giving you neutral information and accurate information at that. Social media, by and large, with very few exceptions, is a good thing, and it's the restriction of social social media that bothers me. Uh, like they're trying to do with PragerU, and now they're doing with uh, the Daily Wire and Ben Shapiro. Yeah, and Proud Boys getting booted off. Yeah, you know, Proud Boys was founded by a comedian. For those of you who don't know, Gavin McGinnis. They're not a Nazi group, but they're being treated in the media as if they're a Nazi group. Right. I mean, and and so, but the the reason this is happening is because those in charge of media understand the power of these alternative voices. Right. And you look, you look the the. The person who supports me the most is uh, is a man, a liberal man, not a lefty, but a, a liberal man named Alan Dershowitz. He agrees. He says, "Look, let, let a thousand flowers bloom. You know, you say whatever whatever you want on on social media, so long as it's not defamatory. I mean, we we have a defamation is is, a, is an area of law which is very important, but the First Amendment is the First Amendment, baby, and you got to respect that. And you know what? I, th- I dare say that we're actually getting more truth out there than ever before. And one of the truths out there." is that Donald Trump's policies work. This is not a surprise. You and I know it, but I think the world sees it now. The, you know, people, blacks included and Hispanics included, are, they're on Facebook too. They're on Twitter too. And they're hearing arguments that they never heard before. Yeah, well, that's half of it. The other half is, I think, even more powerful, that it's not a media war anymore. It's now an experience war. They go around and they see their friends and neighbors and themselves having better jobs, getting bigger yep. raises, keeping yep. more of their paycheck, having more money to spend on themselves, their families, their, for dates, for loved ones. Everyone is happier, right. more satisfied with their lives. And that's something media can't curtail because right. it's actual living experience. Right. And at the, at the end of the day, what the media has to do, because they have no other choice, is that <clears throat> they, it's a sunny day. And literally, we have a sunny day here in Los Angeles. Um, but they tell you it's raining, and it's terrible. It's really, really bad out there. Don't go out there. 
guys. <laughs> it's bad stuff. Shelter in place, right? <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Just, you know, hide under the table. We'll tell you when it's when it's sunny again. Okay? Don't even look out the window. That's, That's right. what they're saying to you. Yeah. It, isn't that funny? It's a perfect analogy. Anyway, we we do love what's going on. Uh, we, we will look forward to uh, the midterm elections. Uh, I, I think we've put this Pittsburgh massacre in its place. But what bothers me the most as we sign off right now is how the Democrats have stooped so low that they will take this massacre, which really has affected the lives of 11 very innocent people who apparently, were, many of them who were truly wonderful people who really gave to the community, and they just robbed them of it. They stole it for the sake of their political agenda, the Democrats' political agenda. And that, my friends, is unforgivable. I'm Barack Lurie. Thanks for listening. We'll talk with you next week.